Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, I just got back from Morgantown, West Virginia. As I went to go watch the Texas Secretary Raiders play in Morgantown against the West Virginia Mountaineers. And so to recap that whole experience, I had to bring on my right hand man that is Dylan Smythe. What's up, Dill? You uh you went to Morgantown to watch the Red Raiders play, so I'm gonna go to Austin to watch them play next. So the uh tortillas Atta and takes boy. guys, we're traveling. We're all over. Hey, we we all over the map now. And so uh but our hometown guy, our hometown hero, the people's champ, Jeremy Gillen is also in studio. What's up, Jeremy? We traveling, but we also local. We also 806 true. What is up, guys? Happy to be back. Happy to be back. I'm glad we're recording today, actually, um, because the AP came out. I, I went into this morning thinking this recording is going to go one of two ways. I'm going to be really happy that we broke the top 10 or at 10, or I'm be really upset that we are 11 because I was that was the other thing for me. It's either we're going to be top 10 or it's going to be number 11 just to spite me in spite my sanity so really good way to kind of look at this past west virginia game and ahead with a new top 10 lens i ain't gonna lie i never i didn't think we'd be top 10 i i really didn't and why honestly i wouldn't have put us top 10 and it's not that i don't think that we're deserving of it i thought i've been thinking that we're a top 10 team really since the kansas game like i've i've been i've looked at this team and said that this is truly one of the top 10 teams in the country that's also not how the ap pollsters usually do things right um, I personally thought we would go from 14 to some to 11, 12 ish. And that's only because the teams ahead of us lost. But like I was saying in the, in the group chat before the pod problem with the AP poll is, is that the reason why we moved up so much is half the AP pollsters watched us for the first time when we beat Texas. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so, I believe that a hundred percent. I don't think there's a good chance. None of them watched a game of us until Texas. Yeah, they, they beat, maybe they watched the Gonzaga game and we're like, Oh, okay. And then or brushed Providence. us off. 
or pro, you know, and then brush us off, and then or watch Tennessee, and we're like, yeah, they won, but goodness gracious. And so, um, but there's a good chance that a lot of them hadn't watched this, and then we, they watched us beat Texas, and they're like, oh man, this is one of the top ten teams in the country, and that that's and that changed opinions, right? And so, um, like we we skyrocketed up the charts, and we I mean, moving up five spots in one week, that's in basketball, that's really big. Uh, so Dylan, I mean, do you think we're a top ten team and deserving of the number nine record or the number nine uh, position? Yeah, I mean, I think this team is capable of beating any team in college basketball on any given night, and I think teams like that deserve to be in the top ten. So um, the AP poll voters are are finally paying attention to the little the little team in Lubbock. Absolutely, actually, funny enough, the Big Twelve: Kansas is eighth, Texas Tech ninth, Baylor tenth. Uh, and a team that you may be familiar with, Providence is 11th. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's de- but definitely some Big 12 representation. Texas eked their way back into uh, a little bit higher as well. They're now 20th in the in the uh, AP poll. But, you know, I, I, I think that – I do think Texas Tech is one of the top 10 teams in the country. I, I think I, – I was surprised they got ranked as much as such. But I think what they've proven, especially the West Virginia win – and Texas Tech win 60 to 53. That win was a pretty big win. I know they didn't have Tash Sherman, but going this is a team West Virginia needed a win in the worst way. And I was in the stadium. The crowd, especially in the second half, they got into it. They definitely got into the game. Um, they the the student section was right there, and and they were kind of on top. This was a tough win for Tech to have in a in a pretty nasty environment against a team that was absolutely hungry and down at halftime. And in the second half, they held the team to 12 percent shooting in the second half uh because no matter what defense travels uh, jeremy what was your first impression of the game a- asinine um <laughs> oh and i was gonna say that if anybody hasn't looked we are the only team in the top 10 with five losses so that is a statement piece that is a statement um that could also mean that we're the worst team in the top 10 but go ahead jeremy Hey man, <laughs> Baylor is the worst team in the top ten. They're tenth. We're ninth. There is a legitimately like this is numbered for a reason. Um, man, West Virginia, like I, like Albie kind of alluded to, this is one of the most difficult like places to go and win. We have not won. <laughs> we do not win in Morgantown. This is our second win ever in Morgantown. Yeah, we don't win there. And so even if West Virginia is having the worst season of its life, um, that they can still get us, and they do. 98% of the time, right? And so for us to go in, it really felt like a rock fight for most of it. But the difference was that second half, man. I mean, you felt like, okay, uh, it, West Virginia is performing in a lot of different ways. They've got a lot more people stepping up. And Taz Sherman's absence, they did a good job at kind of other people stepping up to the to uh, to take, you know, authority over some of the production for West Virginia. But their defense played really well, I think. Um, the one thing that they did not do well is press. They did not press until late in the game. And at that point, it was too late. Um, but I think Mark Adams and I think Barrett Perry came in with a really good game plan in the second half. I think the, the second half was the telling half for this game. That, like, Texas Tech was able to start pulling away. And it was there was like painfully pulling away one point at a, t- at a time um, to get a win like we did. It's it's nothing short of impressive given the context of like our relationship with West Virginia. Yeah, I mean that that game West Virginia strategy it kind of seemed was to be truly very physical. 
This was a physical... I mean, they've always been a physical team. They take after their head coach, Bob Huggins. But they were very physical in this game. And I think especially in the first half, kind of threw the team off a little bit. Um, but they, we're a second-half team when we play anybody not named Texas. So, <laughs> um, and, and so just being down six, I didn't think we played very well at all. We only scored 26 points in the first half. But in, in my head, only to be down six at halftime was a win. And I even said at halftime I, I, um, that I, I thought – if we can just get to 60, we'll win this game. And sure enough, we did. You, you did say that. I think that's true for most Big 12 games. If you get to 60, you should probably win in the Big 12. Well, damn it, Dylan. I said 60. We got to 60. We won the game. Okay, don't, don't land sure up, right? That man was prophesying in the top row. Hey, but let's let's talk about the job we did on uh, Jalen Bridges in the second half. Jalen Bridges had 16 points in the first half, and I think going into that game, the guy to take away was Taz Sherman. Well, Taz Sherman didn't play in this game. So Jalen Bridges was that guy. I think he had four threes in the first half. He didn't score a point in the second half. He didn't score a single point in the second half. Um, and, and then to hold them from 25% from three in this game. Now, Texas Tech shot 19%, but we held them to 25. Uh, that's, that's pretty dang impressive. And, uh, to shoot as bad as we did from three to actually lose the turnover battle and still win this game is, is just really impressive. And I think Mark Adams gets a lot of credit for his second half adjustments. One, to say Jalen Bridges isn't going to beat us. And two, to just say, throw, throw out whatever we plan to do offensively in the first half because it's not working. Let's, let's figure out something else at halftime. And they did. And uh, yeah, Red Raiders pulled away just when we needed them to. So though we lost the turnover battle, I mean, we only committed 12 turnovers. It wasn't too terrible. And honestly, though West Virginia committed nine, and you would think that's a really good thing on them, they were doing other types of turnovers. The turnovers they were doing were just jacking up long threes for no reason, right? <laughs> McNeil, and, I, and honestly, McNeil, I, sometimes I felt was the only one keeping him in the game in the second half, but he was just launching them. My, my wife, who was with me, she was just like, um, hey, are, is West Virginia supposed to be good at this? Because they're not they're not making the shots that they think they should be making. <laughs> it's it's because they, they weren't. I mean, he was just he was kind of just jacking them up. And, and he is a good shooter, don't get me wrong, but he was doing it. Johnson was doing it. Bridges in the second half was who was making the threes in the first half, couldn't make them in the second half. And really, I think a big difference was is that Tech, after a while, said, you know what, this ain't our night for shooting. Let's get in the middle. Let's get in the paint. Let's let's try to work it down there. To West Virginia was like, nah, I want to do all that. Trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to get back in this game with one, one. They they tr- kept trying to take a ten point shot, and toward like Jeremy was saying earlier, where Tech was just chipping away at the, and when they had the lead, was chipping away more to extend it a little bit more, a little bit more. So, um, yeah, man, I, I got I got phrases all over, uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought this was a, a really good win. Like I said, the crowd in, in the first half was a little antsy, but in the second half definitely got into it. I mean, that was. It was a pretty loud crowd. Uh, the refs were pretty bad for both teams. So anytime the refs are bad, you know, the, the home crowd will definitely get into it. The, there was a missed goaltend, and that really got the crowd into it when Marcus Santos Silva uh, grabbed the grabbed the net. I mean, it was goaltending, and the crowd got into it once they saw it. Um, but like I said, at the same time, talking about refs missing calls, you know, there was two of our own guys in it got kind of hammered a little bit and there was no call. So uh, first one being Terrence Shannon after doing a, a putback dunk. Uh, he said he felt like he, he thought he te- tore his ACL initially, uh, but he, he, I, I met him after the game. He looked good. Uh, his knee looked good. He said, he, he said he's fine. Um, and then the other one, Adonis arms got blocked 
and he seemed to have hurt his hip, but it seems like he will also be okay. But those two very scary, really dangerous plays. Uh, what do you think about really just this team and and their, I guess, <laughs> warriorhood? I was going to give it to you, Dylan, but you're a sneezy McGee over here. Oops. So, Jeremy, what'd you think? <laughs> Get out of here, Dylan. You're nasty. You had your chance. You're nasty. Um, I, I think, oh my gosh, dude, when Shannon goes down, I think it, I just like, my, 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 it just like my stomach dropped, man. It was one of those, and the crowd gets quiet, and you hear him yell, seen it way too many times. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. Like, that's, he was making a comeback, and that's it. Um, you know, it gets carried off the court, uh, no weight on it at all. And he disappears into the locker room. Surely that's it. Well, coming to the second half, I, <laughs> I missed it because suddenly he checked back in and I was like, uh, wait, what, 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 what happened? Um, and this guy's Euro stepping fools on his bum knee. I think, and I understand Mark Adams kind of spoke to this in the post, in the post game saying that, uh, he thinks it's just a very shared sentiment among basketball players that like when you fall down under the basket and it's pretty much a non-contact, it's going to, it will probably be something bad. They've seen it happen to a lot of their friends. They've seen it happen. It's in the, it's, it's a part of the game. And so it's a very scary thing. And for somebody who's like looking to get to the league, looking to get to the next level, that's a very detrimental thing to happen. His response to, cause he just as easily could be like, you know what? F this, I almost hurt myself. I'm going to chill this game. I think Shannon's response to come back and to play the game the way he did, because he came back and he ended up getting nine points, right? And so for him to come back and get a couple baskets uh, is huge for this team. I think it shows his teammates the grittiness, his commitment to this team, not to himself. I think that's something that's big in the league, uh, big in the uh, collegiate world right now is like a lot of people are like, okay, well, at a certain point, you know, I got to watch out for me, which is understandable. Not, I'm not doubting that at all. But Terrence Shannon is somebody who, like, is really committed to this team. And I think he knows because the more committed he is to this team, the further that they will go. And so for him to come back and to play the way he did in the second half and to play the defense that he did in the second half, the grittiness is there, man. Like, the culture, nobody doubt, nobody needs to be doubting Terrence Shannon at all. So I'll say this. Dylan and I were talking about this before uh, on another on another pod episode before that we really wanted Terrence Shannon to hopefully like now that the now he's coming back from injury to kind of like take it slow, take it easy, work in the in the way of the the team. And he's been doing that. I mean, I think in this game he did it. He he kind of played well within the offense on the team, right? And he's kind of come under scrutiny lately. Um, not just from fans, but I think a media member even even had a slanderous piece about him going out and the tech would go on a run or something like that. And I, I, you know, and before I pass it over to Dale, I do want to say like tech fans, y'all know we are going, we're going to need Terrence Shannon. Like, I, I still don't think people understand that we are going to the, I, I, I watch college basketball every year. I watch teams that go far in the tournament every year. You need a Terrence Shannon to make it into the turn, make it deep in the tournament. You need him. You need a guy. I mean, it's, I, I get it. I get the way we play on offense. I understand that sometimes he can. Uh, there's there's uh, worries about him being a ball stopper at times. And I think that really the point is, is really having him work into the offense in the last two games. He's really done a good job of that, but you are going to need a Terrence Shannon. And we have seen Texas Tech's offense too many times, not just this year, but throughout the years get stagnant occasionally. And that's what Terrence Shannon is there for. We're going to need him. But anyways, I, I had to get off that. So on that soapbox a little bit, because I've I just seen way too much disrespect. 
right? Terrence Shannon to me is still our best perimeter player offensively. So arguably the most talented player on the entire team. We're going to need him. But Dylan, what did you think? Um, I think, yeah, it's just, I, I can't believe he came back into this game is what I think. Um, I, I also wish Terrence Shannon could have, could take some layups every now and then like a guy, a guy who's that injury prone i love him i love like hey. the, the big nasty jams but every True, now bro. and then it's like just take Everybody the layup bro. jam just take the layup bro <laughs> learn to live another day you know just take that layup and i feel like we're wrapping up this west virginia episode so i just wanted to give a shout out to the player who led the game in offensive rating and blocks if you know who that was the Frenchman. Hey, the Frenchman. Hey, oh, listen. I thought you were the gonna. Big I thought you were gonna reveal. The big boy. Bacho was all over the place. He was he even impressed some of the locals. Like he had a really he was good running. game. Yeah. No. He he. Uh, Bob. You know, Bacho got a nice little thirteen minutes in this game. He he played he played really well, really well. And I, I think one thing I like about Bacho is is that when he's given the opportunity, he seizes it. He absolutely seizes it. And so he goes after it. So well, as we wrap up the, the the recap of West Virginia, I do want to say um, sorry to one man. And that's Marco Santos Silva. So I know a lot of people were questioning why West Virginia was booing Marco Santos Silva. You know, some people thought it was maybe because of the VCU connection. Maybe there's some salty people from VCU. Like, what about it? Are they booing? Apparently, and I found this out on Saturday, West Virginia, and it's actually really clever. It is. West Virginia student section randomly picks one player from the opposing team to boo mercilessly. And Marcus Santos Silva just got the short end of the straw. And so the, every single time he touched the ball, he got booed to no end. And he, he didn't have the best game, right? Like, so it kind of worked. Um, no so. one's told us about this at West Virginia, actually on the pod. I can't remember who he said they did it to. I you're uh, Was it him? I think it was him. Yeah, yeah, a few yeah, years I, ago, I was that. Norrence was that player. So they've been doing this for a while. Yeah, it's, it's actually, I, I like it. I, res, I respect it. It's it's a, it's a nice little fun thing they do. So, um, you know, it's, 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 but Mark, he got the short end of the stick. Like that's, that's so unlucky. I'm sorry, MSS, my, my new brother, if you weren't on social media recently, apparently me and MSS are brothers, uh, all black people look alike. So, um, <laughs> So, but if you want to look like every other Red Raider, go to Home Field Apparel and get you 15% off of your first order. Come on, Jeremy, give me that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was good, man. That was good. <laughs> yeah, Home Field Apparel, they're the official outfitter for tortillas and takes. Um, get all your, the most comfortable Red Raider apparel that you can possibly get with the old school double T, the old school logo, the uh, mass rider running up on the double T. It's all there. So make sure you get that and you get 15% off using our promo code that is takes 12 T A K E S one, two that is takes 12 gets you 15% off your first order at home field apparel. So Texas tech, actually, before we move on to the next game, uh, I, Texas is playing Kansas right now as we record this podcast. Oh and, yeah. Where's that at? Um, I, I told the guys that I personally thought that Texas would show up for this game. Texas fans would. Oh, they showed up for the Iowa State game this past Saturday. They showed up for Tennessee last week. Um, they were on TV when when they got blown out by Tech. But I thought the fans would show up. Kansas is a top 10 team, right? Uh, they did not. 
<laughs> to nobody else's surprise, Texas fans did not show up to this game. Uh, I saw a picture like five minutes before tip off and it was actually like half blue. <laughs> Kansas fans showed up just as much. So Kansas fans are showing up at the Irwin. Oh, I man, I'm starting to feel bad for Texas fans or the Texas team when they show up to the Irwin on February 19th and all they see is Raider Red. <laughs> I'm going to the game with my friend of mine who went to UT and uh, I told him, I was like, we're probably going to a Texas Tech pregame party because there's going to be one because we're going to be everywhere. Yeah, it's it's whew, it's not going to be pretty. So um, anyways, Texas Tech is playing the Longhorns uh, Red, Red, Red River rival, the Oklahoma Sooners this week. Um, and I mean, so Oklahoma is similar to West Virginia in that it's funny because West Virginia is now on a seven game losing streak, right? And that's the, that's the team that everybody's kind of looking at and saying, man, they are just reeling. And they've reeled so much that people have completely forgot how much Oklahoma Sooners are reeling. Oklahoma has lost three straight themselves, and they've also lost seven of the last eight and eight of the last ten. Right At one point, Oklahoma was 13-2, and two, or uh, sorry, 11-2 uh, and two on the season. Right at one point, they were talking about Porter Moser as the coach of national coach of the year and the incredible job he's done after he beat Florida and beat Ar- Arkansas and all this other stuff. And then you get into Big Twelve play and he can't buy a W. And so it's Oklahoma right now. They're they are sitting in a precarious position where they are fighting to get into the tournament. I mean, West Virginia was two and took an L. Well, Oklahoma now is sitting here, and the problem for Oklahoma for the rest of their schedule, they got to play Tech twice. They still got to play at Kansas. Still got to play Texas. Still got to play at Iowa State. They have a tough schedule ahead of them, and they need a win home against a top 10 team in the worst way. So, uh, Dylan, what's your first thoughts about this matchup? You know, actually, uh, it's interesting you draw the parallel to West Virginia because that's one of the first things I did when I was looking at this Oklahoma team. I, I, I kept comparing them to West Virginia, and I think they're very similar in that they play very sound defense, but... There are moments where they go stone cold on offense, and I, I think this Oklahoma Sooners has has a tendency to do that. I think uh, if Texas Tech can slow down Tanner Gross, Tanner Gross is obviously like their leading scorer. He's um, he, he's a transfer out of Eastern Washington. Obviously, if you could slow down Tanner Groves, I think uh, this game gets very easy. But uh, it's not a team I, I don't think we should take too lightly because they are very experienced. I do think Porter Moser is a good coach. Um, speaking of that experience, I think they have two super seniors, two seniors and a junior in their starting five. So uh, an experienced bunch and a well-coached bunch but, bunch. but I think they're just a team that's not good enough in the Big 12. And so they're just being eaten alive by this conference. So why is it that Oklahoma got rid of Brady Manick just to get Brady Manick? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Tanner Gross is the same player. <laughs> I just... love that he's like their dude, and he looks like that, baby. <laughs> I love it. Oklahoma is sticking to him. they like, you know what? I think we got a brand here. We'll stick with this. <laughs> That's just going to be their thing. That's their I, thing, man. I know. Oklahoma's like, I know we had Blake Griffin and Trey Young. But what if we skipped having all these light-skinned superstars and instead went for the the, the burly big white guy? <laughs> yep. Uh, that's More it. mullet, the better, baby. <laughs> that's, that's right. So, um, Actually, so I will say this. You know the team that actually I, I think Oklahoma most resembles, which is a similar team that Texas Tech played recently? And, and, and maybe I'm, I'm a little off here. 
but I actually compare them a little bit to Texas, right? A, a big man who works well offensively and defensively. Uh, they have it like you like you said before. They're really good on on the defense side of the ball. They like to slow the game down a little bit. They don't really necessarily go up and down the court too much. And so I actually that's that's the team that when it came to looking at this team and who we played recently, I actually thought of Texas a little bit. Um, Umoja, the only I mean I the only thing is that I don't think Umoja Gibson is Marcus Carr. <laughs> I think Marcus Carr is much better than than Gibson is. But Gibson has been. The little mighty mouse, um, he's little because he's six foot one and I'm six foot two. So anybody shorter than me is little and I'm six foot two thanks to my doctor. Uh, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> the mighty mouse that is Umoja Gibson, he, you know, he's he, he, he's a bucket. He can get he can get baskets here, but he's no Marcus Carr. He doesn't worry me. He doesn't bother me too much. And nobody else on this Oklahoma team really does. I, I think that coming into the season, I think the guy that I thought would be a little bit of a bucket was Jordan Goldwire. Um, and, you know, he's just, he just not doing it really much either. Uh, Jeremy, is there anything else you got to say about this team? Yeah, so Oklahoma is like, uh, we did our preview pod and we looked at Porter Moser. Great resume, good coach. Um, didn't know what that would translate to in the Big 12, as is with any new coach who's not used to the best basketball conference in America. Um, but I tell you what, that like the fact for Motor, Moser to get, he got three top 25 wins early on. Um, <clears throat> last one being against Iowa state when they were 11, uh, that was, you know, weeks back now. Um, but after that, I mean, you you have a slim loss to TCU, you get murked by, uh, Baylor, Kansas, you know, Auburn, I don't even know why. And then TCU gets you on the second round. I mean, I feel like Porter Moser is trying to figure out his team's identity in a Big 12 context because he had a recipe for defeating non-Big 12 teams because I think non-Big 12 teams are not as focused on defense as, as like, on the average as Big 12 teams are. And so now Porter Moser is trying to, like, I think he had an offensive thing in mind, offensive plan in mind, and it's just falling apart. And so I think Porter Moser, and I'm just focusing on the coach right now because it's where it trickles down, I think he's a good enough coach that – if not this year, next year, you know, he'll kind of start to put the formula together. Like he's not dumb. There's a reason that Oklahoma went after him so hard. Uh, I don't think that that happens against Texas Tech because we are the toughest defense in the Big 12. Um, but like you said, I'm not really on this squad. There's not a lot of people that scare me. I think that something Mark Adams has done exceptionally well this year is say like, hey, this is the best person on that team. Make sure he doesn't see the basket. And it's worked out pretty well so far. And so there's nothing that Oklahoma's done especially recently that makes me look at this team and go, yeah, we're, we, we really going to have to like, this could be, this is going to be a close game. See, here's the thing though. I don't disagree with you that maybe it is next year for Porter Moser, <laughs> but I think Dylan brought up a good point that this team is a lot of seniors. Like, right. Like there's a lot of seniors, a lot of super seniors. And, and, and though I'm a big believer that it's, it's hard for a coach in his first year to just hit it off the bat, unless you're, I guess, yeah. unless you're Mark Adams, but uh, well, why does Mark Adams hit it off the bat? How many seniors, do, how many old yeah. people do we have? Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. So for Porter Moser, it, it's kind of a thing of like, yeah, sure. It, if it doesn't work this year, maybe it'll work next year, but he's losing what feels like half of his team, right? Goldwire is not going to be here next year. Right. Uh, Marvin Johnson is not going to be here next his year. His starting five is gone. Anyway. Almost. Yeah, like it's, 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 it's going to be Elijah Hart. Oh, it's a good point. Elijah Harkless, right? He's probably not going to be here next year. So like it, it's, it's going to be kind of tough to rebuild everything that he's going to have to rebuild. 
um, in year two, right? Like it, it kind of looks like as if year two is going to be year one and another tough Big 12 next year as well. So, uh, but I do agree with the both of you that Porter Moser is an amazing coach. So um, I know he's going to have something for the Red Raiders. This is a game. If you're Oklahoma, if you're Porter Moser and the Oklahoma Sooners, you're looking at this game as a game that you have to have if you want to have a postseason. Right, this could be the difference. This could legitimately be the difference if you're the Oklahoma Sooners between making the tournament or not. Right now, at least West Virginia's on the bubble. Oklahoma's not even on the bubble. Right. Yeah. Um, so actually, no, I take that back. I, I, I take that back. Actually, I think they they are on Joe Lenardi's bracketology, but it's they're I mean they're slipping. They they're slipping. Jo- so. What is Joe No? Forget that guy. I mean, if no, their trend continues. There's no way they're in. So they they've yeah. got to turn this thing around at least a little bit. Joe's been doing this for a little bit. He knows a little bit. A little bit. He's yeah, getting, he's, he's old. His yeah. mind's going away. The game's changing, oh, oh. Joe. The game's <laughs> changing, Joe. Get with the times. Your so, seating is terrible. Anyways. <laughs> so I do want to say, kind of to back up my point a little bit as far as uh, Oklahoma goes. So according to Kempom, Oklahoma is one of the slowest teams, slowest power five teams in the country. Um, they're actually actually not even the slowest power five, they're slowest division one teams in the country. They rank 265th when it comes to adjusted pace. All right, this is a slow team. They also rank 72nd in the country when it comes to adjusted offense. This is not the best offensive team, but defensively, they're a top 40 team. Like, like this is what I'm saying. Like, this is to me, this is a very much like a tech. I don't think they're as good as Texas, but it's very similar to Texas, right? And this is a team that's going to be fully gonna be healthy. They're gonna be they're gonna be starving for a W, so it's gonna be a tough one in Norman. But luckily, it is a weekday. I don't expect the same crowd that we saw in West Virginia and the trip to Norman and much. You know, take a nice little thirty minute plane ride out to South Oklahoma City, come in, take a quick beat up on the Sooners real quick, and fly back out. It's gonna be a nice time. So, uh, Dylan, who's the guy that has to step up for the Texas Tech Raiders in order for them to win this game? The guy that has to step up. Uh, I, I don't think. Um... Kevin O'Banner can have a repeat performance of uh, his last game against West Virginia. We didn't really we didn't really talk about it, but Kevin O'Banner just could not buy a bucket in that game. So I think if I think a lot of nights if we shoot the way we did, we lose most games. I don't think we can shoot the way we did and get another road win. Uh, and so Kevin O'Banner's got to turn that thing around. Ko, all right, Jeremy, what do you think? I tell you what, though, I, I am. He kept shooting. I like that. Uh, for me, I think if we're going to play well, real well quick, this- he kept shooting until he went over six. I was like, no, I'm going to stop that. <laughs> until Mark Adams fair. said, your green, your green flag, your green light is gone. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Call me tomorrow. But he waited, but he, he waited for the flag. So for me, I think the player I need to step up this game or to have a good game this game is Bryson Williams. I think his versatility underneath the basket and taking shots is just going to be invaluable this game whenever I think Oklahoma is going to try to limit some of our more obvious point scorers, especially if T- uh, Terrence Shannon is out there, um, if not McCuller and Arms, depending on how he's ready to go on Wednesday. I think Bryson Williams is going to kind of, kind of be an X factor that Oklahoma is going to have a really hard time matching up with. And he gives us a good defensive presence under the basket when you know their leading scorer is like 6'10". Dang, you really went on the limb there, huh, Jeremy? Picking the guy who's been our leading scorer for four of the last seven games. Ooh. Did I say scoring? <laughs> no. Ooh, no. man. Bryce I didn't say pretty, scoring. You're really going out. out. Oh, Boy. man. <laughs> oh, hey, that's a, that's a guy. I can trust that Malik Wilson's going to get good minutes. I got I to gotta stay easy. 
Uh, that's hey Jeremy Gillum, the guy who's really coming out with the hot takes right there. <laughs> I can't stand you. I don't know why I come on this thing. Oh man. Uh, so for me, <laughs> that's just funny. I agree with you, Dylan. Kevin O'Banner. I, I think in this game, I I, I can easily see O'Banner do, being one of the guys that defend Groves more than any, anybody. Um, their their sizes kind of match up in general. And if O'Banner does get the the touch like like he had against Texas, I feel like O'Banner shooting well. This team is nearly unbeatable, right? Like that's like the X factor. If O'Banner shoots well, if he has over fifty percent shooting from three, it's hey, got other team pack it up. Let's go home because you're, you're just it's going to be so incredibly tough to beat the Red Raiders today. Like the you know, and we saw that in Texas game. Like second O'Banner started hitting threes, and the last two threes he made had no business going in. Then it's like, man, it's, it's deflating for the other team, right? And so I do agree with Dylan that it, it, it is Kevin O'Banner. Um, and, and I would like to see Adonis Arms also. I think this is a game that Adonis Arms can also have a, a really good one here. Hopefully he's one. healthy. I haven't heard any updates on. I he tweeted either. out that he was good, but that's not really yeah. an indication of if he's going to play on Wednesday or not. We'll, we'll see. I, I, um, I do know there was luckily there was no fractures in his leg or hip. Or anything like that. So it's I, I create for for both Terrence Shannon and Adonis Arms came out fully negative. So that's good. But it, it you know you take a fall like that could easily be sore. So prediction time. Prediction time. Prediction time. Dylan Smythe, who wins this game and why? Texas Tech wins this game because we are a much 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 better team than Oklahoma right now. They are on the snide. Porter Moser has not figured out the Big Twelve. Uh, it. Easy dub, Texas Tech. What's the score? A lot to a little. Uh, <laughs> 74 to 60. 74? Blowout city. Yeah, well, it's Blowout double, <laughs> double digits. <laughs> like, we're, we're putting up buckets. Double digits. Jeremy, what do you got? Against a top 40 defense, Dylan. Damn, that's a good, that's a good prediction. They have 74 like points. Yeah, it's, like that's that, kind man. of out on a limb. That's a lot of points for, in the Big 12, but I think it's an yeah. offensive explosion. <laughs> Kevin O'Banner, I said uh, I picked them, so I got to stick to my guns. Yeah, man, if he goes five for five from three, man, we're unstoppable. So I think that Dylan's on a good, you know, everything Dylan said is right. I think that it's going to be at least a 10-point victory for Texas Tech. I am not so bold to say 70s, but I do think that we'll keep them to around 50, and I think we'll get, you know, maybe 65 because I think that El Banner will have a better offensive game. And, you know, we'll see about Terrence Shannon, but uh, I think that we'll have more offensive output against uh, Oklahoma than we did West Virginia. Absolutely. What's the score? Oh, I said, well, okay. Uh, I said probably 65 to 50 ish. So, did you say that? Um, 65, Texas Tech, 52, Oklahoma. All right. So here's Garbage time, 52. It will be under 50 until at the last minute. <laughs> here's a nice stat for you guys. Uh, the last four losses for Oklahoma have all been by nine or more points. Including a home loss to TCU by nine. Um, and a 14-point home loss to Baylor. If if we do think Texas Tech is a top ten team, like I do, we're playing in Norman uh, on a weekday. It's not like Norman has just the you know greatest crowd advantage. Um, it's not a long flight. I think the West Virginia game was going to be it was a much tougher battle. I think this game plays a little bit more into our hands. 
right? Not a it, it's another game that could be ugly, but offensively, I mean, take like the offense in West Virginia game wasn't great. I think it was a lot better in the second half, but um, offensively, this team as a whole has been better lately. And I don't expect two bad offensive games in a row. Uh, and and it, you know, I'm I'm going with the Texas Tech win too. I agree with y'all in that. I don't think I don't think it's I don't like picking blowouts on the road just because, you know, it's that it's tough. It's it's tough to consider anything to be a blowout. Um West Virginia's defense was a little bit better than Oklahoma's. I Kempom has West Virginia at 33. And what did I say Baylor was or that Oklahoma was 30, 39, 38. So I'm gonna go ahead and say Texas Tech puts up 65, like Jeremy said. And um 65 56 nine point win just like uh tcus so yeah i you know it's i i think if tech was to lose a game between this one and west virginia west virginia was a much tougher matchup right this should this should be a little bit a little bit better so we'll see we've been wrong before but i do think the west virginia i do think the texas tech raiders for that matter are our team that is built and ready to go so anything else that you want to say to the people doing uh, Red Raiders, if you're thinking about going to Austin on the 19th, tickets are available on Vivid Seats and I think SeatGeek. Uh, yeah, if you want to go, do it. I will be there. You know, get us, hit us up on the uh, Tortillas and Takes Twitter account or maybe my personal. Let me know you're going to be there, and we'll all we'll all meet up and have a good time in Austin. Dylan has one of the best Twitter names there is at Dill Pixels. Um, and I didn't, I didn't come up with it. It was just, it's a, it was, he came up with it all on his own. It's a great, it's a fantastic Twitter name. It's a fantastic Twitter name. I also think I bullied you as well because your old Twitter name was awful. Um, but Dill Pixels is fantastic. It's so, been my Instagram name for a long time. I just finally imported it to Twitter. That's true. Uh, also, I realized this because we tweeted out from the main account my prediction about going to sixty, and we and we asked people to guess who would be. Uh, who said it? And the people are smart. The people are very intelligent. They know. They know what it is. <laughs> they only whatever. They should know. I've said that so many times on this podcast. I was like, that sounds like something I would say. <laughs> hey man, the people are the people are smart. All right, they're like, hey man, that Albie, he knows some things. For men, anyway. <laughs> Jeremy, what's up? What do you want to say to the people? We have a lot of exciting interviews in the works, not just basketball. We have a lot of exciting things on the horizon for tortillas and takes. So enjoy basketball while it's here. But even when basketball is over, we will remain. And we have some cool-ish coming up. So excited. That's right. That's right. Our stock is rising. We got a lot of things on the pipeline. Get in now. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. We got a lot of things in the pipeline that we've been talking about. Um, even more than I, even more than I originally planned. Our stock is definitely rising, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, speaking of stock rising, well, women's basketball. We got an episode of women's basketball uh, later this week, so be on the lookout here in a couple days. Um, I'm bringing Jeremy back on, and we're replacing Dylan with somebody else with long hair, and that is Kenzie Garcia. So, um, for Dylan. For Jeremy, this is Albie Short. You've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.